0: this is unlearned a self-rising production i'm jamie and i'm ca and we are your hosts this is a podcast all about deconstructing who we are and exploring who we are becoming
1: yeah so like how to recognize When your mind is going into that duality mentality, the the black or white, this or that, and how to move more into a space of allowing non-duality in our psyche, in our emotional selves, just in general, like on this process of self-discovery and self-healing, where does non-duality fit in?
0: Right, I mean it kind of goes on the theme we've been working on lately about the relationship with self and then when you really sit with the concepts that you're holding within yourself. Right? If you're holding on to, you know, I'm not allowed to be mad at my mom mm. because she did her best, right? It's like you're holding right. on to two concepts like my mom caused me pain and I'm not allowed to be upset at her, right? And it's this whole like relationship with self, it's that that now you are holding two things at the same time. And your brain is saying, Hey, like you have to choose. And it feels kind of, I don't want to say self-manipulative, but like you almost have to like manipulate your brain to be like, yeah, it's totally fine. Right. You have to be like, yeah, that's normal. It's okay that my mom was like that, or it's okay that, you know, um, my sibling really hurt me. Um, it's interesting because we almost, create rules in our mind that we have to follow. And those rules, if they are not kind of like any political system, if they kind of go unchecked for years and years and years, like nobody thinks to question them.
1: Yeah. It just becomes default settings. And what I find really interesting a second ago, um, you were using that example about, you know, my mom hurt me and I'm not allowed to be mad about that or whatever. So what I think is really interesting is how we seem to want to struggle against non-duality when it comes to honoring our own selves. But for some reason, our brains are perfectly okay with it when it comes to other people's preferences. And what I mean by that is that example is what made me think about that is. We can sit there and fully acknowledge that my parents are harming me and I have to just accept that and I have to just grit and bear it and I just have to love them anyway. Why is that so acceptable and okay for our brains? But the minute I try to flip it in the reverse and say, my parents love me and they're causing me harm. I love myself enough to have boundaries and I still love my parents. So it's almost like I I can sit there and easily accept these non, these non-dual realities when it comes to making sure that the other people in this situation are protected. But when it comes to protecting my own self, why is that such a struggle? Like what? Because we have spent our, right. And the reason is because we've spent our whole life doing that other default, allowing other people's non-dual realities to exist inside of our bodies And then we haven't created the tools or the skills to allow ourselves to do it in the reverse and say, you know what, I am not okay being treated like this, being talked to like this, and I still love you. And I, 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 you know, I'm still willing to work with this relationship and try to heal it and move forward or whatever. So,
0: and I don't know. It's the unchecked, like, it's like our default mode doesn't have that skill set to kind of hold, right. We're defaulting to, um, they hurt me and I just need to, you know, we're defaulting to like, just get over it. Right. I have said that actually a million times when I work with people is I tell people, no, we're not just going to get over it. Like, <laughs> like, please don't just say water into the bridge. And like, I'm just gonna, I'm just going to get over that. My mom literally just traumatized me. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's actually how we develop these trauma patterns because we say it's so normal that like what just happened is just my life and we're okay with it. Right. And it's, it's almost like, I can't say it's not okay. And, and this is actually something we were were talking about off podcast off live, which we were talking about a hard thing for us to do is to hold space, not only internally that, you know, our mom just did something that traumatized us, We can't even, we can't do it internally, but then when we do feel like it gets bad enough that we have to say something, then we get met with the very complex Mm -hmm. situation where if you're my mom, CA, and I say, mom, no, this is like the fifth time this happened. And like, you're really, really, really hurting me. And then you get met with, you're not allowed to say that to me. Right. Right. Mom says, what would, what would you say? Like, you know, Right.
1: it becomes your fault because you're the one bringing the problem to attention. So now you're the bad guy in the situation. Why would you say that to me? Do you know what my week has been like? Do you Mm -hmm. know what my life has been like? You know, and all of a sudden the, the excuses or the, their defaults start flooding in and you have to sit there and go, okay, so you're not allowed. Yeah. Like, so you're allowed to have all these weaknesses and all these excuses and all these reasons as to why you're talking to me the way you're talking to me or treating me the way you're treating me. But I'm not allowed to have any space for my humanness. Well, my humanness doesn't want to be talked to like that.
0: So, right, and that's the thing is I think this is where we run into it with a lot of you guys doing this work is that you're like, I have said something Mm -hmm. hundred percent. You have. I know everyone who's listening to this has said something at one point to the point of their trauma or their pain. And they have actually specifically said to the person, whether it's a brother or a mom or a dad or a spouse or a partner, whoever it is, a boss, like you have tried to speak that truth to them. Okay. And that's, what's interesting is that what we are saying is that we get trained to not Hold both of those things at the same time because we know in the back of their mind they're hurting us and we would like them to treat us better. But the narrative that we get taught is they're hurting us and we don't have space or we don't have the ability to do anything about it. So you just have to kind of deal with that, right? And so what we're saying is developing a skill set first of all would be internal, right? Because we, we really have been trained to just say there is no space for your voice. Right. Right. And so if you sit there and you intern, you literally do the internal work and you say, you're hurting, they're hurting me. And instead of saying, I just have to deal with it, say, I know it's hurting me. And I need to actually hold on to that pain for a second, because I need to figure out how to process that. Right. So you would start with that work. And then it's going to mimic what you did in the past, right? You're going to try to strategize around it. You're going to say, okay, how would I speak to that pain, Mm -hmm. right? How am I going to speak to that pain? How am I going to hold the pain and process the pain, right? So many times, if you think about this, before we reach the external strategy, strategy, okay, before we reach that external strategy, we actually have to pay very close attention to how you're holding the pain. Because if you're sitting there and you're like, well, you know, going back to the mom comparison, you know, well, my mom said that it hurt me. And then the internal voice says something like you're too sensitive. Mm. Get over it. Mm -hmm. Why are you, why are you, why do you have to get so emotional over everything that somebody else says you need to toughen up? You need to have thicker skin. It's Mm -hmm. your problem. You're Mm -hmm. the one who can't take the abuse. You're the one lacking. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm saying. You're the one lacking. You're not good enough because other people can hear that type of abuse and they can get over it. And that's what Mm -hmm. you do. Enter your into the relationship with yourself. And this is what we're speaking about. This is why we keep bringing this theme up and it's going to be keep going up. Like it's this relationship with ourselves first and foremost. Absolutely. That does need to be attended to because we might get to the point where we like jump past that because if you jump past that and then you immediately are like, okay, she said something and I'm going to say something externally. Right. If you're my mom, CA and you, and I'm like, oh my God, she was just like really, really hurting. And I say, see like mom, right. You're going to be my mom today. <laughs> mom. Um, why are you like, why are you not, you know, respecting me or whatever? Okay. And mom says, why are we even having this conversation? Mm -hmm. I've never had to have this conversation with any of your siblings. They've all been able to be tough enough for me to give you that very, very raw criticism about your weight. Mm -hmm. None of your siblings have ever had this conversation. So what is wrong with you? And this is where if we don't do the work internally, that feels like a confirmation. Think about it. Right. If I'm sitting there and I told myself, I probably shouldn't get upset about mom criticizing my weight or criticizing what I'm eating. I probably shouldn't get mad, but you know what? I'm sick of it. And I'm going to say something. Right. And then I say something and your mom literally confirms that belief system and says that you're you right. shouldn't have said something. Yeah. You're <laughs> right. You shouldn't have said something and you're right. You are being dramatic and you're Right. You don't have a thick enough skin. And that's Mm -hmm. what it feels. That's why it feels so painful because it's like she's confirming that I'm not enough or I'm not doing enough or I don't have the skill set to endure this abuse, basically. Well, and this
1: is why you can tell that these things are cyclical and generational in nature because obviously, like your mom's voice that she's saying those things to you came from somewhere else as well, whether it was society or her mom or whoever that she completely internalized. Uh-huh. And now that's why she says those things that she says. Cause what are you, what, what the other thing, the other like classic response typically when, cause you had brought up like, Oh, your siblings never get mad when I, when I bring this up, like, why are you so sensitive about it? Your siblings aren't the other one that they typically say is them themselves. Right. Do you have any idea the way my mother talked to me when I was your age? And I never said anything about it. And you just have to talk, right? And it's always about like them. And you're like, huh, you're telling on yourself. You're literally telling me right now where this voice is coming from. And it wasn't yours to begin with in the first place either. Somebody else put that voice in your head and now you're just perpetuating it because they didn't do the work. They didn't stop the cycle. And like, that's why we call this stuff like cycle breaking, because almost all of this has been passed down to us from somewhere, whether it was a system, like you said, like an institution type system or a religious system or a family system, whatever it is, like all of these like toxic things that we are trying to overcome as individuals and as a society are generational. They've all been passed down
0: somewhere. Right. Right. And I think this is what we're talking about with like (laughs) understanding that those kind of, when we're talking about duality, like two things can be true. Like you can be loving your mother. Right. And hold a kind of standard of interaction. Exactly. And
1: I think this is what it comes down to when, when we are setting boundaries within ourselves and within our relationships, there has to be an element of non-duality within ourselves Um, And in order to make any progress, right? And so what you were just saying is like a perfect example. If you are unwilling to accept the fact that love can include boundaries, Mm. then you can't do this work, you know? So if you're going to sit there and say, well, it's not loving, like I can't love my mom and criticize the way that she speaks to me or not even criticize, but confront mm-hmm. the way that she speaks to me. Like I can't confront my parent because otherwise that means somehow that I don't love them. Um, and that's not necessarily true. And it's the same with forgiveness. I can forgive you and still hold you accountable mm-hmm. for the consequences mm-hmm. of that thing you did. And to me.
0: that's the duality that we get culturally. Like we love to talk about how the culture and infl- in like impacts the way we view like psychology and everything in our own psyche. It's that kind of concept of like, we get taught forgiveness in this very duality way. Like Absolutely. literally like it's so stark. Like if you are forgiving him, then you're just like, as if, if nothing you happened, you're just like, that's it. Like they, yep. they're fine. Move on, you know, whatever. Okay. And I'm like, yeah, but like forgiveness. Part of forgiveness is obviously not holding yourself hostage because remember forgiveness isn't, I mean, you know, I, I It'd will be a whole other, other topic. topic. <laughs> right. No, I know. Eventually you're going to get, you know, some of our background with the way we understand spirituality and stuff. But like, I really do think that like some of these concepts are just energetic concepts. They're energy systems that we're employing psychologically. So forgiveness is an energy. Okay. It's an energy that you are applying to a situation. And what's interesting is if you're saying that, like, when I'm forgiving them, that energy doesn't have accountability in it. Right. I would dare say that you're almost setting yourself up for a repeat, like some type of repetition, right? Like I'm not saying you're going to have to predict that, you know, because people just fail each other. And that's, that's actually like, don't want to normalize like everyone, like not showing up for each other, but like, we really do screw up in relationships. We really do. I've had people talk to me. They're like, how do I get over that? I was one of the people that brought in toxicity. And I'm like, you will, mm-hmm. I have, I am, I like, I teach you it. And I have an M at times. Okay. It's that concept of like, you can be noticing your own toxic traits and be working on them. Yeah. That's that non-duality. It's literally part of it. And so when people look at it, like forgiveness just is like, get over it. It's not going to, you know, we're just never going to talk about it again. I'm not going to hold you accountable. Like I'm not going to hold you accountable. It's like, you're set, I dare say you're setting yourself up for a system that they are going to show up and possibly fail you again. And if you don't have the strategy to protect yourself, you might find yourself in the same situation and they'll look at you and they will be like, but I forgave them. I don't understand how I found myself in this situation. And I'm like, okay, but like, It's a both and, it's a both and situation where like you can forgive them. And part of it is to hold them accountable. So they know you hold yourself so valuable that you will not tolerate Mm -hmm. that.
1: Yeah. And the thing is the other, like the flip side of, I always like looking at both sides of a situation of like the, the toxic version of forgiveness where it's all or nothing is If you, if you employ that type of forgiveness where you just say, oh, it's all water under the bridge and we're not going to hold anybody accountable, like you were saying, you possibly set yourself up for a repeat of this hurtful behavior, right? Or if you realize if in your mind, that's the only version of forgiveness that you understand and you know, you are unwilling for a repeat of that behavior, you then go the opposite direction and you hold a grudge forever. And you never Mm. let it go ever because it's all or nothing, right? Like I can't forgive that person because if I forgive them, it means it was okay.
0: It means what they did was okay. It's the opposite. It's the the exact same situation, but like the opposite, like same thing that's going on. It's just like, you're using two different dualistic thinking processes. Like you're doing the all or nothing in that. Right.
1: Yeah. And that's okay. And so the bring it back to like the, the love part of the relationship, right? To so love means I have to accept every type everything. of behavior, anything and everything. The other person in this relationship wants to put forth towards me. I have to accept it because that's love. It's all or nothing. Right. Or if there's any small part of this person that I am unwilling to accept, it means I don't love them, you know? And it's like, oh, uh, guys, we got to get away from
0: this. We have to get off this track. <laughs> to. And that's it's like, I mean, if we, if me and Sierra ever write a book, it'll be like, love has boundaries or something like that. Like we will probably have something that like, if we ever, you know, do something like this, I'm telling you, it's that concept of to know, to unlearn podcast call out, to unlearn that love, the way we were taught about love was wrong. Let's just accept that. Let's just actually take a moment and realize the way we conceptualized love. And I'll say this, I don't love to generalize, but I'm going to generalize right now. That literally is, that is incorrect. Mm. If not psychologically harmful, okay? Because that whole fluffy, all accepting, all everything it's like okay to some degree this is where our flexible thinking helps us because I know we'll probably maybe we'll get emails I don't know maybe we're at that point but if you guys email us and you're like "Ah," like you guys don't understand like our marriage wouldn't have survived if I didn't forgive him and I'm like I did that listen Mm -hmm. it's not rigidity right it's not rigidity we know We are flawed creatures, okay? So if you're in a relationship with someone and they really look at you and they authentically say, I did screw up and what I just did hurt your feelings and I am doing things to try to get better or at least try to understand myself a little bit better. And I'm inviting you to help me Mm -hmm. and I'm inviting you to hold like, like you're, you're absolutely allowed to hold me accountable. Right. That's flexibility in absolutely. reality. That's what well, reality is. And
1: the thing is like, this is actually employing non-duality in these situations is actually going to save a lot of relationships because if you do get stuck in that all or nothing rigidity, that is like I said, mm-hmm a minute ago about the Freakness thing, like, that's how you end up in these situations where you just feel like your only option is to just hold a grudge forever and cut these people off forever because, you know, screw it. And I can't
0: tolerate
1: this person.
0: Um, Yeah, no, I want (laughs) to say that because that's almost like if we define two different types of people, right? There are two different types of people. Obviously we don't want to be like, (laughs) for this example, but like, let's just be, let's just be clear. These are the ends of the spectrum. Where we're going for is the gray middle ground. Okay, by the way, we're going for the gray middle ground. But if we look at the way we might conceptualize love, it's that there are the, what do they call it? What do the youths say? Simps? Simps. (laughs) What are the youths?
1: Now that we've said it, the youths are going to be like, that word is dead. The youths?
0: (laughs) When will never say it again. The simp. Okay, there is the... (laughs) I can't I never thought I would be that person that's like what did the folk what did the young folks say um so I know by the way Gen Z uh word up you are getting dominated by the alphas very very soon they are up and coming to the pre-teenhood yeah just, you. just mm. it, right here you got your you got your elder alpha right
1: yeah man she's she's, she's an elder she's alpha uh... She's the cusp. She she's is the, the alpha. She is the year that alpha started. And yes, so she she's is our elder because we are the elder millennials. She we is are the elder millennials. Exactly. Um, gotta love it.
0: Okay, so where was I going to go? Okay, the two people. So we're looking at the two. Let's say if the world was black and white. Okay, let's go there. If the world was black and white, there would be people that allow everything. You could break my heart. You could cheat on me. You could do whatever the hell you want to do. Anything could happen. And because I said I love you, it will be fine.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? It's,
0: it's fine. Okay. Then we have, right? If we lived in a world like this. The other side, right? If you're watching, you're seeing me motion. Okay. There's other <laughs> side. Okay. So the other side the other side is i you cheat zero strikes done. you lie you're done you do this you're done and then I hear actually that narrative sometimes I hear like people say stuff like well I have zero tolerance for like a lie and then the therapist to me comes out and I say you've you've never lied. <laughs> I'm not trying to be. I'm not trying to be a bitch, but literally, I'm looking at him like you literally never lied, ever, ever in your whole life. You've never told a lie, right? And they're gonna look at me and they're gonna be like, okay, but like, yeah, but like what? You know, like what do you mean? Like eh, I hold myself like you know. It's like okay, what we're trying to say is that this whatever simp mentality and what's the other? What are we gonna name that? I don't even know hard ass. I don't like (laughs) like whatever the other side is where there's no toleration and no flexibility, right? It's that that is a very dualistic thought process around relationships. And neither of those are functional. Neither of those, because we have the hard ass people that will look at me and they're like, well, that one boyfriend lied and that other one did this. And then that Mm -hmm. other one didn't call like, didn't do this fast enough. And I'm like, what is going like, how does that person Like exist and like be a human being who's literally going to be flat. I'm not saying I'm gonna like excuse constant lying, but like right they are gonna have to be some flexibility, and then we have the other end, the simp mentality Mm -hmm. where they can do anything,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: right? And so what we're saying right now, the gray person, the person that's gray in the middle is going to literally respect themselves enough to hold boundaries mm-hmm. right so they're leaning away from being the simp and then you're also trying to not be so rigid right and this is why it takes so much work i've tried to explain this to people ca i've said to be a gray person takes so much work because it's mm-hmm. easier to just be like mm, so much easier everybody can walk over me whenever yep. i have no problem or it's easy to just be like no, 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 no. Right. It's easier to shut down. Right. Because you have like very extreme versions of each other. Yeah. And it's harder to find the balance. It's harder to find the moderation.
1: It's so much harder. And that's why people default to these more black and white situations because it takes thoughtful, mindful, uh, what's the other intentional Mm. work to sit there and explore and examine where the edges of your boundaries actually are. And the only way to find that is if you overstep someone else's boundaries, they overstep your boundaries and you feel that. And so these mistakes have to happen in order for you to go, oh, I think I just found a boundary. I do not like to be spoke to in that particular, you know, in that tone or about that topic or whatever it is, whatever the boundary is, the only way you find it is by you're mindfully making yourself aware of those moments when something makes you feel something and you go, wait a second. Um, but if you're not trying to mindfully look out for that, then when that moment happens and you feel that, whatever that moment, you're going to push yourself into one of those dynamics that we were talking about a second, Right? you're either going to go, Oh, well, I guess that's just how he talks. Or you're going to go, Done. Done. We're done, go, go in my house. I never want to see you again, you know, because you're unwilling to explore like what actually just happens there. And how do I, you know, talk about this boundary that I just found in a way that is respectful to me and this other person. Um, and it can only happen if you are willing to accept the non-duality.
0: I think that's what this speaks to a really good point and we'll probably end here, but like, it's this point of like, to not explore the reaction and to immediately just either dismiss your feelings or very rigidly cut everything off. Right. Mm -hmm. To not allow space for self-exploration and honestly holding either if it it might not be pain, it might be just a reaction, right? Sometimes it's just like, you know, but if it's pain, if it's something that, you know, you're questioning, but to not hold space for it, it contributes to finding yourself in situations that you're like, like, why do I feel this way? Right. So for Mm -hmm. example, like, why do I feel like I'm never enough in this relationship or why do I feel like not respected or why do I not feel right? And you're, you're, you're almost losing the exploration part that you're supposed to be doing in relationships, which is like, you know, if you hurt my feelings and I say, it's fine, you know, I don't have an opportunity to really connect with what it was. And then when I don't get to explore that, then I don't get to know myself the way I need to know myself relationally right because right this is, this is this is literally something i'm gonna preach because it is one of those concepts where people say well I need to know myself to be in a relationship and I go listen guys like i'm sure i'm speaking counterculturally to, to some people or maybe the narrative they have been taught their whole life but I tell people in order to figure out how you show up in relationship to people, You have to be in relationship with people. You have to be in relationship.
1: That's the perfect example of the both and. It has to be both and simultaneously. You have to be doing self-exploration while in a relationship in order to understand how you want to show up in a relationship. Like it's literally, it's the chicken and the egg thing. Like you can't have just one or the other. It has to be both if you want to do it in a healthy way. I had this other thought when you were talking about um that like moment where like we feel something, right? Uh, An experience, an interaction happened. And again, all of this applies to our own self-relationship as well. This is can be any type of relationship, right? A work relationship, a family relationship, a romantic relationship, a self-relationship. Something happens, some sort of informational input experience right and your emotion or your body or some part of you has this like reaction this this experience so when we were talking about that like spectrum I was thinking about like the words that came to mind are when we we shut it down it's like rejecting that the experience happened right that would be reject then over here that like strict, like, Oh, just kick them out of the house. Like that's the react, right? So you just literally like, you got this sensory input, this informational input, and you just react. There's no thought process. You just literally like, you know, something, you know, like the, the wrecking ball comes over here and the building explodes and you don't look to see where the wrecking ball came from. You don't care about any of the information. You're just going to explode. So that's react in the middle. We have, how do we respond? And in order to respond, you have to reflect, right? So all these like weird, like R words came to me. I was like, wait a minute. It's almost like, reject and react are the extremes. And then in the middle, you want to be able to respond, but before you can respond, you have to actually reflect and take a look around you, take a look at your surroundings and say, okay, let's actually examine the information here and figure out what this means for me.
0: Right. And I think that like reflection is really what we're getting to about the theme that we keep bringing through this in the like, you know, the first couple episodes with, with, um, with the podcast is that idea of like, it is actually really important to take that moment of reflection and build that's look, that's you building your relationship with yourself. That's what you're doing. You're building your relationship with yourself. And this is the both and building a relationship with yourself. And then when you're responding with the other in relation. Cause like CA just said, when we say relationship, we are not meaning the intimate partnerships. We do include that, but we are meaning any type of relational construct experience. Okay. So that's what we mean by like, you're doing the self reflection. You're building the relationship with yourself. Then moving forward, When you do the response or the the interchange there, like you are like responding to the situation, that is you, obviously it's risky because I always tell people that's the riskiest part when you're, you're in relation with other people is that if I look at you and I reflect about how much that hurt me, CA and me and your besties. So, you know, and I sit there and I realize I'm going to have to say how much that hurt me. Right. It did hurt me. And I'm holding myself. I'm validating it. Right. I'm not Mm -hmm. saying you're too sensitive. I'm not saying internally, I'm not saying myself is too sensitive. I'm not saying myself is too much. I'm actually validating it and saying it is painful. And I do need to like, I do need to like hold that long enough to like understand what to do with it. Right. Okay. So I'm holding onto it. Then I say, okay, I, I need to have that conversation with CA. Right. This is where the rubber meets the road in relational, you know, where the trauma comes up. And we literally talked off camera about this. Trauma comes up in this moment. Mm. So let me just give you a warning (laughs) sign for anybody trauma comes up relationship wise in this moment. Why Mm. does that happen? Because I'm showing up authentically. So I'm showing up authentically to you, CA. And I'm telling you what just happened hurt me. So what I'm doing right now is I am risking a lot because what Mm -hmm. we just said in the beginning of the podcast, that does happen where I risk and show up authentically and something happens in that moment. That is pivotal. You are either meeting me in psychological safety. Mm. And if we didn't speak to that enough, we'll, we'll be speaking on that more in the next few episodes. But You either meet me in psychological safety, okay, which means you hear me, right? You absorb and full context, understand how Jamie in that thing you said to me, maybe the feedback you gave me, maybe whatever you did that, like when we were talking, you get full context and you acknowledge that what happened was incurring pain upon you. Okay. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that you have to deprecate yourself and say, oh yeah, I'm a shitty friend. Right. That, that whole thing, right. This is what we mean about the trauma. Right. Because it doesn't mean that you have to immediately, right. This is not all or nothing. You do not have to self-deprecate. You do not have to defend yourself. You don't really have to do much. And I'm mm-hmm. telling people, if you're on the other side of this and someone shows up to shows up to you authentically, I'm going to tell you, you don't have to do that much. Obviously, don't act like they don't they don't exist or anything. But you don't have to be like jumping and be like, "Oh my god!" I'm like, blah, 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 right? And you don't have to defend yourself right away. You just basically have to acknowledge what you just heard. Mm-hmm. I hear you. I hear you.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I see. I see that. I see how that could be happening. I can. Mm-hmm. I can see like the whole picture, right? Is it? Yeah. Oh, let me just let me just tell you why I said that. Right. Let me just no, no, no. Oh my God. I'm such a bad friend. You're right. Right. Just like, Mm -hmm. no. Just understand that Mm -hmm. that actually, yes, you can develop strategies later, but pretty much in the moment, you basically just have to like sit and absorb what just occurred.
1: Right. And a lot of us are our our bodies are gonna fight against that. They're going to fight against that moment of just quietly absorbing what is being reflected to us by this other person Um, because, because of reasons, right? Because of the systems we've grown up in, because of all the ways that we've internalized all these other interactions. We have all these memories of interactions where we were on either end of that conversation and the way that the other person responded is playing back in our head, And even just within ourselves, like for using that same example, like if I had said something that hurt you and I'm listening to you, tell me about that. But like, from my point of view, that conversation was totally different. And my intention, I never intended to hurt you, et cetera, et cetera. Um, If I just try to launch into that self-defense, then that is completely invalidating to obviously the way you experienced it. And how your perception of it was. And so, but does that mean that my point of view is invalid? No. And that's where the dual, the non-duality comes in. Exactly. But that moment isn't the moment for me to just start launching my defense mechanisms at you about all the reasons why this is how I perceived it. And this is why I said it. And this is blah, 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 blah. Like, that's not the moment. Like, when you're opening up to me and getting vulnerable, when we talk about that psychological safety, that like there may be a moment later on in the conversation or even another day where I can say, Hey, I've thought about that conversation a little bit. And, you know, I I analyzed kind of like my point of view and why I said what I said. And I, yeah, I mean, I I realized the reason I shared it was blah, blah. Like, we can sit here and role play a whole entire conversation. But the point is, my point of view is, can also be valid. For sure. And your point of view is valid. And those two validities can like come to a head and go, oh, okay, so there's some friction here to where I want to express and show up in this way. And that type of expression can be hurtful to you. Mm-hmm. And so now we actually have to have a real nitty gritty exploration here of where each other's boundaries meet. Okay. How much of this expression am I capable of bringing to this relationship before it goes too far and hurts you too much? And from your point of view, okay, well, how much am I going to be willing to hear this type of, you know, whatever it was, whatever this person was saying to me that hurt me, how much am I willing to listen to? Like, can I open up myself a little bit more to what they have to say and maybe it's that's a whole and that's what i mean like these things are so nuanced they're so nuanced that that it's like you could literally we could sit here and talk for 45 minutes just no, I- to have one conversation about one topic but we're trying to give like overarching themes and mm-hmm. i think that's what today's theme was all about this non dual approach to self-exploration and to relationship.
0: Right. And I I think that's, I think this is, this is the start of what it means to hold space in the gray and to literally realize that these are, these are coexisting realities, right? These are mm-hmm. coexisting realities and that I, I would even venture to say that level of openness. I and mean, what we just described was a very high level. Like that is a very skilled conversation, guys. So I just don't want you to feel intimidated. That is a very high level, high skilled, two highly skilled people interacting. Okay. Just explaining mm-hmm.
1: that. Mm-hmm. But what I
0: want you to hear is that... <clears throat> When you're able to find someone that's psychologically safe like that, this is what I mean by finding at least one person in your life to practice this with, okay? One person. If you can find one person that feels psychologically safe, that is where you start doing this work, and that's where you grow the most. I'm serious. If you can find one person that can hold space for you in that way. Mm -hmm. Why do I say that? Because it it doesn't really take much more than just learning the interaction and then noticing if someone's capable. This is actually something we'll we'll touch on this another day, but capacity Mm -hmm. of the other is a skill set to notice the capacity. So if I come at you and I realize they're not in a place where they are capable, so all I'm doing is holding the line of like, Hey, by the way, mom, like, I understand that this is hard for you to hear. I just need you to know that, like, please don't comment on this. Mm -hmm. That's not something I attend to. I don't attend to those conversations about my weight. Right. You can do that. She might not have the capacity to learn why Mm. yet. Mm -hmm. Okay. Let me just explain that. There are many people in your life that will not have that capacity. Maybe they will eventually, but some may never, some may never. Okay. Absolutely. So what we're doing is we're learning who's capable of exploring that with us. And when they're not, okay, you are not having to reinvent the wheel. You are just holding the boundary and saying, I'm acknowledging who I'm talking to. And you're saying this to yourself. I'm acknowledging mm-hmm. that I'm talking to my mother who I've not seen to, to this day as of yet showing me signs of reciprocity in that conversation. I've never Absolutely. seen that happen. So all I'm doing is holding the line. All I'm exactly. Doing is the line. Don't overexert
1: yourself. No, Like you do not have to sit there and overexert yourself emotionally or psychologically. And that's what this, that's what you're talking about is like, Absolutely. okay, there are some people in your life that are both capable and willing of going extremely deep into these skills. And then there's going to be people who are somewhere in the middle that like, they're kind of capable of certain skills, but not others. And then there's people who you're just like, okay, they have no capacity. Right. So my only option is to just be extremely clear about whatever my non-negotiable boundaries are. And then
0: beyond that, like
1: just. That's it. That's all and I, I want to add. One more expect. thing,
0: because we have a lot of people who've been in abusive relationships. They have been on the other side of someone saying, "You hurt me," or the, like, it's literally a lie. I just want to, I just want to hold space for this for one second. It's when someone comes at you and they literally are manipulating you. They're saying, mm. "You did that. You said that. You did this, right?" And this is where non-duality protects you because you can sit there and understand. The reason they are saying that to you is to manipulate you, to gaslight you, to coerce you, and you now have a decision, do I attend to this conversation? Versus right. the before self, before the skill would hear that accusation and either go on the defensive or try mm-hmm. to navigate around it and they would say, "Well, you said you were going to be here and that's a complete lie and you're sitting there hearing our, you know, hearing our podcast, you know, 10 minutes ago." <laughs> The psychologically safe person would be like, I'm gonna listen to you and I'm gonna absorb you and I'm gonna, right? But all we're saying is know who you're talking to. Yep. Who you're talking to. So if you know that that person has a pattern of basically making up blatant lies and then accusing you of doing something that you're not doing currently, I need you to be so attentive in that moment for you to know who is speaking to you, okay? Mm-hmm. So it means that you basically adapt as you're having the conversation. You're like adapting to what's coming out of their mouth. It's not a one size fits all. Please do not hear this as a one size fits all. Exactly. And we've said this a million times. It's nuanced. It is so nuanced. So you do have to have a skill set of recognition, Mm -hmm. recognition. I say recognition. I say discernment. All of those things need to be taken into account when you're interacting with very, very different individuals. If absolutely. I know CA safe, I do get to hold space and I do get to absorb and I do get to be like, yes, absolutely. I hear you, mm-hmm. I see mm-hmm. you, val like validate you. I will right. validate the shit out of you if I know you're psychologically safe. But if I know that I am talking to someone who's super manipulative, Mm -hmm. I am not going to validate you. I am not going to encourage you. And I am not going to cycle that experience back to me. So I will hold myself accountable. Okay. I just wanted to preface that because there are going to be some people that probably hear this and they're like, okay, but like that person just like blatantly, you know, of course there are, there are definitely people out there that are going to do that to you guys. Okay. All right, we do have to hop off. Um, but thank you for joining us. Um, thank you. It has been a journey, and we will see you next time. Bye. Thank you so much, y'all, for tuning in. If anything we said resonated, please subscribe and leave a review anywhere you listen to podcasts. This absolutely helps us grow and we really do value your voice on this podcast. So if you have anything you'd like to contribute, any tips, any topics, or if you just want to say hi, you can email us at unlearned at recollectedself.com. You can find us on Instagram at The Unlearned Podcast or individual Instagrams at Recollected Self and C.A.'s at Embracing Divergence. You can also find us over on TikTok under those handles. If you want to join our Patreon for $5 a month, you can be our Coffee Fiend Club member. And that's going to give you access to our podcast within a podcast, which is called Unhinged. This is basically where we let loose completely unedited we are literally just shooting the breeze having fun you can see our full personalities and it is a blast honestly it's pretty fun so if you want to join us you can find that at patreon.com slash unlearned and that's it the last thing i want to tell you is i want you to be brave enough to fight for the person you want to become and this is how we do the work